Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 67. My name's Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Uh, we're coming to you on uh, Sunday. Uh, lots of hockey this week. We're pretty much three weeks until the playoffs, so things are really starting to tighten up as far as the NHL standings and uh, the as far as like who's going to maybe kind of compete for some trophies and uh, who's going to match up in the playoffs. And some, I would say that some of the playoff matchups are already set in stone. It looks like Toronto's probably going to play Boston. Uh, I can't imagine that changing. It's just a matter of home ice at this point. And so. even that is heading and trending in the trending in a trending certain direction Boston. yes so yeah. uh we're going to go o- over all of the games from from last night as we always do as well as some other topics so thank you for joining us i really appreciate it uh i really appreciate everyone who's reached out to me and um you know checked in with my ankle and stuff and if you guys did not listen to the podcast last week i did break my ankle and uh, i just want to give you guys a little bit of an update so because uh, I get a lot of questions on a daily basis and private messages and stuff, so I'm just going to address it now and just let everyone know. I'm just going to give you an update every week. Um, I have a doctor's appointment coming up this Wednesday, hopefully to get a different cast on, uh, a waterproof cast, and probably get the staples out, I would assume. And um, that's the biggest That's the biggest update. As far as people have been asking me, like, well, how, how's your ankle feel? Is it any better? No, it's not any better, unfortunately. it's uh, I have good days and bad days, good days where it doesn't really hurt that much unless I get up. Like as soon as I get up and all of the blood rushes to my foot, it's excruciatingly painful. Um, but then there's bad days where even when my leg is elevated, it hurts quite a bit. so and I don't I don't really know what triggers it. I'm not doing anything differently. It's just some days are good days and some days are bad days. I don't I don't understand it, and I appreciate the good days, but yeah. What's today? I don't know. It's too early in the day, so uh, I've I'm, I'm I'm already up, and I'm the blood's already down there, so uh, I won't know until I get back upstairs and and have my foot elevated. Saturday, yesterday was uh, a bad day. Friday was a bad day, but Thursday was a really good day. So I can't explain it, but I don't like the trend. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, hopefully the doctor's appointment on Wednesday will settle a few things up and uh, get a different cast on. Maybe it'll feel a little bit better and uh, go from there. So, right on. Yeah. Um, that's as soon as I get the new cast on, it's basically another, I have to wait four weeks and then I think that cast comes off and then I get a walking boot on for six weeks and I'm not allowed any weight on my foot at all until basically four and a half weeks from now and that weight is literally minimum weight like if i'm standing up brushing my teeth i can maybe steady myself with my toe or something like i i can't put any major weight on my foot uh at the three month mark from the injury i'm allowed to put full weight on the foot but take it super careful and basically just try and start to walk again and by six months, I should be able to walk basically back to, nor- to normal. But they said that some people, it takes up to 12 months to get completely back to normal. So I my goal is to walk completely normal by five months. So we'll see how that goes. But anyways, that's the update on the ankle. I appreciate all the kind words and everything. Does it uh, make a difference if you weren't able to walk normally before the accident? <laughs> if you had a weird lurch or a dragging something. I'm hoping for an improvement. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, but I will say it's been a joy having you around the house 24-7 <laughs> oh, 
for the last 12 yeah, days. I'm sure it's it been magnificent. I'm sure it has. Without an, any break at all, um, it's been just a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, anyways, on to some hockey. The uh, Before we get into some game recaps, I want to talk about two teams. And I want to get your thoughts on these two teams. All right. Team number one is the Islanders. So uh, over the past couple of games, we've seen a, a bit of a trend in the wrong direction for the Islanders. I'm not sure if you've noticed it or not. I'm not sure uh, if you've watched enough Islanders, but uh, there seems to be a bit of loss of momentum from the Islanders. And I, I just wanted to get your opinion on if you're basically if you're worried. So in, in March, they've so far, they've played eight games. They've got only 18 goals. In the eight games, uh, and the, and in the last four games, they've only scored seven goals. So, does that worry you a little bit? Not really. Um, they are coming back to earth a little. The thing that give, if I were an Islanders fan, the thing that would give me confidence is the fact that Barry Trotz is behind the bench. Def- definitely, and yeah. he can bring so much experience and calm and direction to the team to make up for what will be a horrifying lack of playoff experience for many, many of the Islanders players. Mm-hmm. But but having Trotz back there uh, will be really, really critical. And I also think, and I, I was remarking this to you uh, last week, or yeah, I guess it was last week now when Montreal and the Islanders were playing, that at the time, I don't know what the stat is right now, Grice and Leonard had a, identical records, yeah, identical save percentages, and only a slight difference in a few a few of their stats, but what a great goaltending tandem! They were both like twenty one and eleven or something. Yeah, and the the comfort and confidence I would have going into a playoff series with two essentially equivalent goaltenders they're they're just swap you know plug and play uh, that would be just fantastic. So I I have very little worry for the Islanders right now. Uh, same here. I agree. I think they have one of the best best fourth lines in in the entire league, uh, which is basically Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck. Sezikis is a bit injured right now, so he's and he's out of the lineup actually. Um, but they have a lot of depth on the team, and I'm not sure if you noticed. I'm I'm pretty sure you did. But in the Montreal game earlier this week, when Montreal played the Islanders. They had such bad puck luck. Like there were so many times when they, I mean that game probably should have been like five one that the puck would jump over their stick or they would miss the net or they'd fan on or something like that. And the same thing kind of happened in their most recent game um, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And it's, it's just, that's why I'm not worried because mm-hmm. there's, in the last two games that I've watched for them, it's just been a lot of bad puck luck. And the, those games could easily have been blowouts for, for the Islanders. So I, I'm actually not worried about the Islanders at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's there's... Uh, I guess their their first round opponent is uh, yet to be determined with any certainty, just because of the way the standings are working right now it would be Carolina, and I think that'd be a really good matchup for both teams. But I think the Islanders would stand uh, a real competitive chance in that in a series like that. The Metro is so close that, I mean, realistically, any of the Metro teams could be could end up playing any of the Metro teams in whatever order. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not unrealistic that. The Islanders could drop a little bit, and maybe Pittsburgh goes up, or maybe the Islanders go straight to the top, and Pittsburgh moves all the way down to the wild card spot, and they end up playing each other. Like it's so tight in the Metro, it could happen. It really is. Uh, it and as we talked about a little bit last week, 
as recently as a couple of months ago, the Metro didn't look like it would be a factor other than the top three teams. And I was wondering, frankly, if any of the top three teams in the Metro would have equivalent point stats to the Atlantic because the Atlantic was so strong and Tampa still is. But Boston and Toronto, their trajectory is a little flatter now too. Uh, But the Metro has just really, really put it together in the last Mm. couple of months. Yeah, they really have. Very impressive. It's it's intense. Um, Speaking of the Atlantic, though, the other team I want to talk about is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah. What's your thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Again, the same question. Are you worried? (laughs) Not being a Leafs fan, I'm not worried at all. (laughs) But uh, I think Leaf fans should be worried. I agree, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think Toronto is in a... They're in a scary situation where some of the performances I've seen lately, uh, the, the win over Philly on Friday night was... Uh, That's crazy. That you can't win hockey games like that all the time. You just can't pull these things out of the fire in the last five minutes of the game. And it took a lot out of them. And I think that showed in the Ottawa game. We'll be talking about the results here shortly. But I, I agree, actually. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah, I think Toronto just... They put it all on the table to get that home win in, against Philly. And then they, they had very little left in the it tank. So many defensive breakdowns and yeah. lack of back checking by some of the forwards. It was awful. And they just give up so many odd man rushes and two on ones. And just, I feel really frustrated for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs goalies. And it's, they, I don't know how you fix that. Like, obviously, it's, it's an effort level thing, but it's, I mean, obviously, this problem's been there for all year. Like, if, it has. Toronto's been a team that's been built on offense. Not how on come it's not fixed yet? How come these how come these forwards won't back check? How come how come these there are these defensive lapses in the by the defense like and giveaways and just is, is that coaching? Like I think it has to be somewhat coaching. Is Babcock in, in, in trouble? Like if they obviously they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I but don't if think they go Babcock. out in the first round pretty quickly, which honestly it kinda looks like they might, is he gone? I don't think he would be gone, but I think the people under him some of the assistants, maybe the defensive assistant, maybe whoever's doing their face-offs, whoever's doing their penalty kill. I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about the Toronto organization and who's where. Sorry. Uh, but I, I think Babcock himself, I don't think he is failing to deliver the proper messages in the dressing room. I think the team seems motivated. I think the, the Friday night result is an example of that, that the players themselves and the coach, I'm sure, uh, had a good long talk after the second intermission and then the game changed. But uh, they, they're not able to do that every night and they need to have something to play for. I think that, and, and I don't know that this is true, but I'm, I'm sure that it happens in every hockey market, especially the big ones like Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Chicago maybe, uh, and the Western Canadian teams. If the players read the newspapers or read social media too much and get the idea that they're gods, when they're doing well, mm-hmm. I don't think that's healthy for them because I understand. I think Toronto, they know they're in the playoffs. They know their opponent is probably Boston and there's not a sense of urgency right now. Uh, there should be because this is the preseason to the playoffs really. Mm-hmm. And, and every team, whether you're in or out of the show is going to be playing a lot harder because they have things to prove for next year. They have things to prove for July 1st if there's uh, signing deadlines and free agency and all of that. And this is a time when the playoffs haven't begun, but the playoff-type hockey has, and Toronto's slow getting off the, the mat here. I find it is interesting that Babcock continues to switch up the lines. 
but their problem isn't scoring. Like, uh, we'll use Montreal for example. Uh, you okay there? I'm just trying to plug in the power supply to my laptop, which was unplugged by somebody, not me. But so I'll be right back. <laughs> it wasn't me. No, no, I'm not saying it was. You're not really in much condition to unplug anything right now. All right, you go for it. Keep talking. Um, I find <laughs> I find it interesting that um, Babcock switches up the lines quite a bit because there's not really a scoring problem in Toronto. And usually when lines get switched up is because there's a lack of scoring. Like in Montreal, when there's not much scoring, some of the lines get switched up, which is what you would expect. There's never really been a scoring issue in Toronto, yet the lines get switched up quite a bit. And that, that's to me, that's not their problem. Their problem is defense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I just find that a little strange. I'm sure some Toronto fans agree and are very frustrated by the constant switching of lines. And this could be a function of getting ready for the playoffs and trying different things like you would normally do in the preseason prior to the regular season. The coaches, maybe it is Babcock, saying, okay, well, let's try these three guys and not those three guys and see how it works because this is the time he can afford to make these experiments. He can't afford to make these experiments more than two weeks from now. So that could be a bit of that too. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It's just like their lineup hasn't really changed that much this year as far as deadline impact. So I, I, these guys have been playing together basically for the last two years, mm-hmm. like Matthews Marner and Nylander and Johansson and Kapanen and like Marlowe's been there. Yep, he's the been there The only real new addition this year has been Tavares for the most part and Tyler Ennis, I guess. But I mean, there's, I don't know. I just find it a little weird that it's been basically two years of the same team and we don't have set in stone lines. Mm-hmm. Like Bergeron and Marchand have been playing together basically for the past seven years. Since they were children. Like, and yeah. they were put together when they were, they had not young, but mm-hmm. when Marshall basically entered the league, they yeah. had success. I'm sure they there was a part where they didn't have success, but they're still playing on the same line. Like they have, obviously have chemistry. If you have chemistry once, then it's there and you can always find it again. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Nylander and Matthews were split up for a very long time, and now they're playing back together again, why were they split up? So, like, any... It's a mystery. Anyways. Um, so, are you worried about Toronto playoffs? Do you think they can actually compete in the playoffs? Right now, uh, with Boston as their opponent, and despite the fact Boston is not a solidly winning team the last week or two, uh, Boston is so dangerous and so powerful, I think Boston has to be a hard favorite uh, in the series, frankly. I don't... I don't think Toronto has the defensive skills. I, and I don't think they have the consistent goaltending. Anderson comes sometimes can be just lights out. Mm-hmm. And now they had Sparks in last night. So Anderson was the goalie of record, I think, uh, uh, the Friday night game. But Sparks was in last night. And, and I don't blame him for a lot of the goals. But uh, some of them I think he'd like to have back. But Toronto's hanging a lot of hope on on a very shaky team right now, I think. So based on what's happening right now with the Toronto Maple Leafs, what's your prediction for that series as far as games won and games lost? I'd say right now Boston in five. Boston in five. I think they I think they wrap it uh, in game five. I have a little bit more hope for Toronto. I'm going to say Boston in six. I think Toronto has the ability to at least pull out two games. If they don't, it's going to be a massive failure. Yeah. Toronto has to win one of the first two in Boston. 
I think, they for must. them to have a chance. They must. Uh, if they don't win one of the first two in Boston, I think they maybe get one at home, and then Boston comes back in game five and closes it out. Um, but I'm, I'm not hoping for that. Frankly, I'm hoping for the opposite result. I really want Toronto to do well this time because Toronto fans, many of whom are very good friends of mine, have endured and suffered for decades. Mm-hmm. De- decades more than I've even suffered. And they deserve to have something to, to be happy about in the spring other than a, a golf game. What's the percentage chance of Toronto sweeping Boston? Is it zero? I think it's negative zero. Oh, <laughs> dang. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any way that Boston does not win uh, a whole bunch of games, but uh, even one. It, to, to say Boston will, will be swept by Toronto, look, crazy stuff happens. Crazy stuff has happened every year, and you never know. And this year will be just like that. One one of the eight series somewhere, mm. crazy things will happen, but I don't think it'll be in this series. I agree. I think that's a 0% chance, and that's actually not really a shot against Toronto because I, I think that tr- Toronto probably does have the ability to sweep a team, but that's really more of a compliment towards Boston mm-hmm. that I don't think that that would ever happen, regardless of what team, even if Boston played Tampa Bay in the first round. I don't think that Tampa Bay sweeps Boston. No. Because Boston is just, they just have too many, they're, they're too deep, they're too consistent in the net. Uh, I just think that they're, they're, overall, they're just too good of a team to get swept. Totally. I, I completely agree. Boston is a much more balanced team than Toronto is, offense versus defense. They've got two great goalies as well. Everything I just said about the Islanders a while ago would apply to some degree with Boston, with Rask and Halak. Uh, what a fantastic tandem. And and I, I've surmised before and maybe predicted that other teams will be going this way rather than a massive, you know, $10 million super duper goalie that starts 65 games and then a throw in, a million dollar throw in. Mm. Uh, I think more teams will, maybe they can't afford to, but they're going to try to find two starting goalies yeah, and swap I, them off I agree, if they can afford it. And Boston's doing it now. The Islanders are doing it now. Um, other teams are trying, but failing. But uh, yeah, I think you'll see more of that. And I think Boston, for that reason, is very well set up for the playoffs. Mm, I agree. I completely agree, actually. Mm. Um, what about Calgary, then? Because Calgary has Mike Smith and Riddick. Yeah, and, and I think we'll see what they... Are you worried about Calgary? I'm less worried, but I'm worried. Because, I mean, Calgary is sitting in number two position right now in the they NHL. They are. They are. And, and Calgary and San Jose are flipping back and forth all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am worried about Calgary. I uh, am actually as well. Yeah. And only in net. Mm-hmm. Because Mike Smith, he, he reminds me of Lundquist a little bit. And not because they're both old. Not that late 30s is old, but uh, it is in the NHL. They have amazing games where they look like the best goalie in the NHL. And then they have games where they really look their age. So and you never know what goalie you're going to get. So I think that that plays in the confidence factor of of Calgary fans and Calgary well, uh, coaches. And, and, and even players. If, if they don't have ultimate faith in their goalie, like it was quite obvious two or three years ago in the Montreal scenario where... If Price was the starting goalie, the team played differently because they knew that they had that last chance back there. Mm. So they could take a little more risk. They could be a little more offensive, a little more open. But if it wasn't Price, if it was uh, 
anybody else, even even when Halak was there, frankly, if you go back far enough. I think Montreal played differently in front of those other goalies that weren't priced. And I think the same thing may happen to any team. So you think Calgary may be playing differently in front of Smith than they are in front of Riddick? I don't know enough to say that because I haven't watched them enough to, mm-hmm. in both different scenarios. But I just think it's a it's a mental thing that would happen no matter what team you're on. I agree. Maybe. No, I actually, I agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, as far as the game recaps go, let's get through this quickly, if you don't mind. Um, the first game was the St. Louis Blues versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. St. Louis won 5-1, to one, uh, four goals on 13 shots for Murray. And he actually made some pretty incredible saves in that span of 13 shots. Mm-hmm. So it really could have been probably about five goals in, in 13 shots or six goals. But yeah. uh, really, really poor Pittsburgh coverage in the in their their own zone, just leaving guys open and just not back-checking and stuff. It was a pretty poor defensive game by Pittsburgh. I watched most of that game live, actually, when it was happening, because it was on television. What do you think? Uh, I, I was very impressed with St. Louis, and yeah. I was very unimpressed with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh did not show the kind of team that, that they should be showing, because they, they've got a talented group. Mm. But uh, they didn't really show it, and uh, I thought Bennington was uh, was very good. But he didn't have to be outstanding. No, he didn't. Uh, That's why I, I kind of, in a lot of these games, when I talk about the game recaps, it's, I either talk about a, a team playing really, really well or a team playing really, really poorly. And that basically translates to this game had the outcome because this team lost the game versus this team won the game. Like I think Pittsburgh <laughs> lost this game more so yeah. than St. Louis winning this game, if that, I, make, I if that makes any sense. I agree. I think Pittsburgh, <coughs> excuse me. Holy lifted. I didn't bring a drink down today. And I'm not starting to regret that, but I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you always complain when I bring one down, and uh, and I didn't today, just for that Good. reason. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, I know you are. I hope you'll be okay, though. I'll be fine. But Pittsburgh, team against team on any other given night, if it was a everything's on the line kind of game, and Crosby's got his face on, and and they go out on the ice, I think Pittsburgh wins game seven of a series between the two of them anytime mm-hmm. right now the way they're currently structured but pittsburgh didn't have it they mm. just didn't have the will to win and they had to play again today yeah and they were at so. home of all things that they were at home and now they're on the road in philly today big difference uh, they're on the road and I, I have predictions for later yeah we'll talk about we'll talk about that but but pittsburgh you know they were at home they had rest the night before they they should have mm-hmm. been very competitive in the i agree they i agree weren't. Do so. you think it was the afternoon game factor? I think that has to play into it. I think so too, because yeah. a lot of NHL players, if not all NHL players, have naps. They they like to nap in the afternoon. They come out for the morning skate. They go home. They nap. They get up. They have a nice meal. They go to the spaghetti. Yeah, they go to Cards. the arena and then they play. Like it, it's a tradition. Mm-hmm. So I think that that breakup of the tradition, um, it, I think it does. It definitely plays a factor in in. There, there's so much we don't know about yeah. how the human body works and, and how the circadian rhythm inside affects your performance and your concentration. Most of these things, I think, are mental toughness and, and mental acuity things. They're not physical things. You can lift, you can bench press the same amount of weight at three in the afternoon that you can bench press at eight o'clock at night. I agree. I don't think there's any difference there, but it's your concentration factor. It's where your brain is in the course of your day. And, uh, and what you're used to, like you said, they have a tradition. It's something they do all the time. Some mm. players, I'm sure they don't all do it, but many of them do have that game routine. They do, well, some of them are so damn superstitious 
You know, one skate oh, yeah. goes on before the other one. Then you tie three laces of that skate, and then you switch, and then you put on one elbow pad, and then you you call your mom. You know, whatever. There's a whole. There's, ch- ch- there's one player I I read it last year. He only uses a certain toothbrush on game days. <laughs> on non-game days, he uses a different toothbrush. And it's funny because I on game days I always drink out of the same coffee cup, and out of the same mug. Yeah. Uh, my my soft drink at night, my, if I put pour some Coke Zero in, I always use the same glassware every game day. But I can tell you, just from looking at the frigging standings, it doesn't always work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And it doesn't always work for the players, too. I would stick with the superstition until it stopped working, and then I'm gone. I'm, I'm changing that. I'm changing my underwear, or I'm changing <laughs> my coffee cup, or whatever, right? Not, not to get off track here, but I, I was... I've been doing a lot of research on Russia lately, and I was reading some of their traditions and some of their superstitions and stuff. They have a lot of weird superstitions, and not that we don't because we do, but some of can I share some of their? Oh, please, yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if these are true, but it doesn't uh, matter if it, they're if they're good. It doesn't matter if they're true. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to blow, or not. You're not sorry. You're not supposed to whistle inside someone else's home because it brings upon um, bad luck financially for the person who owns the home. So if you whistle, you're supposed to only do it outside. You're never supposed to um, shake hands with anyone in a doorway. You're either supposed to go in the doorway and shake hands or they have to come out. And it's considered very bad luck if you shake hands in a doorway, apparently. Who knew? Um, (laughs) Never give, if you're given some, if you buy roses for someone, whatever, never, ever give even amount of roses to anyone. It has to be odd. It's very, very bad luck if you give an even amount of roses because the only pre- people who are supposed to get even amount of roses are the dead, basically at funerals. Really? Because here it's a dozen roses, right? Yeah. If you it's, Valentine's it's a, Day, whatever. Exactly. And uh, it's been a long time since I sent a dozen roses to your mother. <laughs> the last time I did, I got I got told. You got told. If you're going to spend that kind of money, just give it to me. Dang. Don't give me flowers that are going to die in two days. Logical. Very logical. Very practical lady and smart. Yeah. So there's been no more roses since then. I, that's a good one. But An odd number. Strange though, eh? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, that, that's all I got. That's all I can remember for right now. But if, <laughs> okay. If you're from Russia and you have any others, let me know in the comments. Um, okay, so the next game was the Detroit and Islanders game. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch the highlights from this game? I did. Excellent, because uh, I remember last week there were some games <clears throat> where you did not watch the highlights. Yeah, but I didn't watch the NHL Network highlights. I just watched the highlights on the hockey broadcast last okay. night after the game. So. David Amber, who was one of the uh, CBC announcers in the back in the studio or in the game center or whatever, he uh, he was trying to say that uh, <laughs> that uh, Athanasiu had one of the most interesting names in hockey, which is true. But when he said it, he mispronounced the <laughs> <laughs> he mispronounced the name. That's awesome. So it was kind of funny, uh, but I did see uh, did see the highlights, but I don't have a vivid recollection. So uh, Bernier was amazing. He was outstanding. 42 shots by the Islanders, and Bernier uh, made some absolutely highlight real saves, and it's the reason I'm wearing some Detroit merchandise today. I just really thought that his game lately has been really, really well, even though the Detroit hasn't had that great of a season. Uh, I mean, they played Tampa twice in the past two weeks, and both games were close. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I appreciate that from from a team that's long and far away from the playoffs. So. Yeah, they have a lot of pride in Detroit. Mm. And uh, they'll play well until the last game of the season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, okay, the game after that was the Florida and LA game, and Florida won four to three. To be honest, I had a negative interest in this game. <laughs> it's no, it's nothing to do with Florida or the players on the team, or it's nothing to do with LA. There's just nothing on the line. Do you, do you ever feel that way in certain games, like when two kind of not necessarily bad teams, but teams that aren't really playing for anything play each other. Yeah. I have no interest. They're not contender teams. They're not in the same conference. They're not in the same division. Yeah. So they have so little effect on each other's lives. Exactly. It's just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, but I love that the the win was Sam Montembeau. Yeah, Sam Montembeau. He, I think he's... He's 4-0. He's 4-0. And, and he's, with an overtime loss. He made some incredible <laughs> saves. Incredible saves yeah. in the game yesterday. It was actually a really good game, even though I hadn't. That's the, where I was going. I had no interest in the game, but based on the highlights and based on some of the game that I watched, it it was actually a pretty good game. So, yeah. so they're in they're in Anaheim tonight. They're probably going to come back with uh, is Longo healthy or I, I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll we'll see. But uh, he's he, he's been a great story, Sam Montembeau. I love it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. absolutely. He's a two three nine goals against average, nine oh six save percentage on a team that's struggled this year. Defensively, yeah. Defensively, yeah. So, good for them. Um, the next game was the Winnipeg-Calgary game. Winnipeg won 2-1. Two, two, uh, that game really had a playoff feel. Did you get a chance to watch any of I that did. Game? I did, actually, yeah. It's a pretty defensively impressive game from both teams. I think the shots were like 28-21 to 21 or something like that. Um, Hellebuck played kind of like he did last year where he had probably the best season of his career. Um, just great defense all around. It, it really felt like a, a playoff game where two... I would say probably the two best Canadian teams at the moment, no offense to Toronto, but Mm -hmm. um, they really played, they were really getting ready for the playoff style hockey where they tried to shut everything down. They played, they paid more attention to their system that they play versus trying to work on chemistry or trying to work on nice, amazing goals and stuff. Like they, they were really concentrated on the actual system game that they were playing. So, and I think both teams did that yesterday. And it was a very good game. So, it was. It was indeed. The game after that was the Boston Columbus game. Boston won 2 to 1. Uh I, I I saw someone say online that what a waste of a trade it was to get Duchesne. And I'm thinking, well that's funny because every time I watched the, watched Columbus play or every time they look at the score sheet, Duchesne's scoring goals. <laughs> so, like what the hell is everyone else on the team doing? Uh, and he scored one yesterday, uh, a very nice one actually. Um, but Bergeron and Marchand kind of did their usual th- chemistry thing uh, yesterday and scored the scored the overtime goal there. Before the game, you know who dropped the, the ceremonial puck? Conor McGregor. And then he almost ran away when he dropped the puck. Yeah, he didn't it's know weird. he was supposed to stick around and shake hands. Yeah. He just he just swaggered off. So Marchand, when he got the overtime winner, yeah, did you see what I he did? did? See, yeah. He did the Conor McGregor kind of <laughs> like that. Uh, it was actually funny. I'm yeah. not. I'm not Marshawn's biggest fan. In fact, I'm not a fan at all. I'm negatively disposed towards the guy. But when he pulls off something that's kind of funny and he, and he's an outstanding hockey player, like uh, that overtime goal yesterday was grand. Yeah, just grand. I, I, I really I like that as well. I love yeah. that. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, the Chicago and Montreal game. Chicago went two to nothing. Corey Crawford was a literal god. He broke his uh, career high of shots or saves in, in a game. Uh, some of the saves that he were he was making were just like random puck on net saves. They were highlight reel saves that you only make once every two months, and he made like six of them last night. Yeah, but it's it's important you said he made six of them. He he probably did make about six of them. 
and that means there were 42 other shots that he saved where Montreal shot right yeah, on his chest. It was bad. They weren't picking corners. They weren't going low. They were going right at his chest every single time. And uh, That's been Montreal's problem for the past 20 years. Yeah, really. They. I just, I don't, like some of the players obviously go for the corners, uh, but I thought Montreal had a very poor effort. Uh, Price actually played very well. He did. He played very well, but but Crawford was just lights out excellent. Yeah. Um, Montreal does not have execution. No, they don't. They can't assert themselves. They can't take over a game. They should have won that game. Uh, of the 10 games Montreal has left to play, uh, nine of them are against teams that are as good as or better than they are. Oh, Montreal's done. They're, they're, it's toast. Is it, it, Montreal it, will not make the playoffs. Yeah, it's basically hopeless at this point uh, for Montreal fans. Yeah. It, mathematically not, but realistically, yeah. It's and not. because they're not playing the kind of hockey that they need to play to be assertive, to take over a game and to win that game. They had a few games like that earlier in the season where the Domies and the Gallaghers and, and you know, those kinds of grinding players would step up. But when you've got, like, poor Lekkonen hitting posts all the time mm. and um, just the, the poor shooting. Like, Lekkonen actually, I guess, in hitting the post, good for him because he wasn't trying for the goalie's I chest, agree. which I guess is a good thing. But I thought Drewan was just pathetic. Uh, Drewan, and there's been a bit of controversy in Montreal because after the last loss, Andrew Shaw made some comments and he called out, not by name, but he called out some some of his colleagues uh, that they weren't all showing up for the full 60 minutes. Do you, tra- you trade him? Shaw? Uh, no, Durant. Yes. I do. Tra- trade. trade him in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think my number one goal, I think Drouin was a good experiment. Uh, it doesn't help that Sergeyev uh, uh, is now doing really well in Tampa and Galchenyuk is doing really well in Arizona. So some of these trades just don't work out and let's cut the losses. You don't think the Domi-Galchenyuk trade worked out for Montreal? I, I think ultimately, just to look at the last two months, I'd say Arizona's starting to pull ahead on that trade. Mm, interesting. I'm a big fan of Domi, and I'm, I'm not saying get rid of him. Definitely keep him. He's an amazing spark plug, and it's been his best year of his life uh, being in Montreal, so I think he's a good fit for the team, and I think he's being well used. But he does get invisible for games on end sometimes, and I guess we yeah. all do. You know what I find interesting? That when Drew M makes defensive lapses and giveaways and stuff, which happens more than anyone in the NHL, I'd bet my life on it, he doesn't get punished for it. He's always out the next shift. But Kotkaniemi last night played, I think, two shifts in the third period because of his defensive mistakes, Yeah, because he's young. Well, guess what? Drew, so, so is Jonathan Drew. He's like 24. Yeah. like He got punished by the fans last night. Like, they they wh- expect more. Uh, yeah, you won't get punished by Julian. But they, why? Well, I think it's part of being a, a francophone Quebec-born player in Montreal. You have, a, and there's a, free a problem pass. right there. I agree. I agree. It's a problem, but it's understandable. It's is an it? understand. Yes, it is. It's an understandable problem. I'm not saying I would do it, but I'd never be in that position, would I? But I think you're a golden boy just by virtue of the fact you're a hometowner. Yeah. Well, why does Claude Julien care about that? Well, I think, I think he's one himself. So you more or less. So you think he's playing favorites? Oh, I, or do you think he, do you think he's playing favorites, or do you think he's being told to play favorites? I I don't know what the conversation would be between him and Jeff Molson. Uh, I'm not sure in Bergevin. I I don't know if he I don't know if he would take that kind of direction, but he may just assume he knows what they want, mm-hmm. 
Um, but the fans, I think, made a big statement last night at the end of the game when Drew Ant, for one thing, why was Drew Ant even on the ice in the last minute and a half? He's been an invisible hockey player. You've got your goalie pulled. You're down two goals. You're trying to get some offense. And you got Drew Ant out there, who's a giveaway machine, as you say. And he's got fantastic skill. He's got great muscle memory. All those automatic things that you need to physically have to be a competitive hockey player, he's got all that, but he's got no judgment. Mm. He's got no judgment, just the basic things, like don't pass the puck unless you have a target to pass it to. Exactly. That's kind of a basic hockey thing. Yeah. Like four-year-olds know that. Don't just throw the puck away. And he does that all the time. And I would be, I would have him on the bench if it were me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the Francophone fans would be too upset with me if I did that. I would trade him maybe for another francophone, but I would trade him. I'd move him as quickly as I could while he still has value. He's still young. There might be some crazy team out there who thinks they can turn him into a good hockey player before it's too late. But uh, Chris Nyland said a few weeks ago on the uh, Habs Hockey Inside Out podcast, they put the question to him, like, Chris, do you think Drew Ann can be turned into a better hockey player? And Chris said, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not going to happen. <laughs> that was it. And, and I agree with him. Do you think that Clojulia's job is on the line at the end of this year? I don't. I don't either, and it pisses me off. I, I don't. It's funny because when you see like the top six possible candidates for the Jack Adams, he's often on that top six list. Nowhere near the top of it, but he's on that list for the Jack Adams. And then there are some other conversations, maybe, uh, among some probably diehard fans that are not happy with how things are going that would rather see a change there. But I agree with you. I, I don't think he's in any danger at all because even if Montreal tanks in the next 10 games, they've probably still outperformed the expectations. For the I, I also agree with that, yeah. Um, the next game was the Ottawa-Toronto game, and Ottawa won 6-2. to two, And basically, we've kind of talked about this before, defensive breakdowns uh, by Toronto, and Ottawa just plays, played super opportunistic in that game last night. They, as soon as they had a break or an opportunity, they just flicked a switch and they were off to the races. So uh, really opportunistic by Ottawa and just complete defensive breakdowns um, by Toronto. So Did you watch the game? or even I highlights? watched, I, I was going to say I watched most of the game. I didn't watch most of the game. I watched just less than half of the game. That's pretty good. That's probably about what I saw. I would jump through it on the PVR and stop if I saw anything cool happening. That goal by Gibbons was great where he's spinning around. Oh, heck yeah. And, and not even looking any 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 scores. I thought that was great. And on the third goal for Ottawa, my boy Rodolph Balser's <laughs> got an assist and it was a nice one too. It was. He was right in that play. It was great. Uh, but Toronto, they, they really came out with a hard push in the first period. That's uncharacteristic of a team that's played the night before, played it in an emotional game the night before. Mm. You would think they might be flat in the first. Toronto outshot Ottawa 17 to 8 in the first period. And it, even though the score was quite quite docile at the time, and it was later in the game when Ottawa just climbed out of the hole and just not out of the hole, further up the ladder, I guess, and just blew it away. But um, Toronto really put the pressure on uh, mm. early on. And Nilsson was, was very good. He was, yes, yeah, he was. Goal. He was very good, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the game after that was the Tampa Bay Lightning-Washington game. Tampa Bay won 6-3. to three. I, I mean, not that Washington doesn't have weapons, but Tampa Bay just has way too many weapons, and they just they just lit the lamp last night. Yeah. Uh, Vetchkin got two goals, though. He's up to, I think, 48. I think he's at 48 goals. Wow. Uh, close to 50 there, so he <laughs> should hit 50 goals this year, which would be awesome. And, uh, yeah, so. Did you see the very end of that game? I think that's chippy. Oh, yes. Uh, someone tried to fight Tom Wilson. Cernak. 
Yeah, and Tom Wilson like dropped the gloves and like, dropped the gloves, but only after. Yeah, only after, like when he was actually there in the clutch and could have dropped the gloves and maybe stood up for himself. No, but once they had the other guy contained, Wilson skates away and then drops the gloves and as if he's going to go. I think that was low and cheap and dirty. No, I think he did that. No, I think he did that to make fun of the other guy. Like, because Tom Wilson maybe wanted to fight him early in their shift or something, and he wouldn't. And then he, the guy, only wanted to fight him when. Tom Wilson was kind of, he was kind of like down on the ice or whatever. I think Tom Wilson did it as in like, okay, yeah, you, now you're going to want to drop your gloves. Now you're going to want to drop your gloves. Now that I'm down, yeah, uh, you can take advantage maybe. of Maybe. I think I, I got I that re- feel I, from him. I didn't react well to that at all. I'm not a Wilson fan, as you know. I'm not either. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not either. I respect his skill, and it's a shame. He, not some, not quite the Marchand-like, but. Oh, he does have a lot of skill, though. You're amazing right. Amazing skill, and yet just does the stupidest. Like some of those hits he's laid out through suspensions. Um, I just, I think he's a dangerous, I'd never have him on my team. Yeah, I agree. I just would not do it. But, uh, anyway. Uh, the Carolina Buffalo game, Carolina won four to two. Uh, Allmark with some questionable goals. There is one specifically from a bad angle. I think it was by Williams or someone. Right. And it, Allmark was right on the, the net and somehow it, it snuck in. So it was, it was a pretty questionable Goal against, and uh, but anyways, that was a huge one for Carolina. Still in that push. Looks like they're going to make the playoffs, Looks which like is they're awesome. going to make it, yeah. They won, and Columbus got a mercy point yeah. on their game, which we'll get to, and Montreal lost. So Montreal's now, like they were able, or could have been able, other things being equal, to be right in the mix, and almost a three-way tie for that seventh and eighth spot. Now they're looking mm-hmm. way up. So good for Carolina. They heck yeah. They needed to pull it off. Did you see the uh, the Sally? Were they playing uh, curling or something? Curling. Yeah. yeah. There was a uh, two guys pretending to sweep, and the I think it was a helmet was the curling stone. Yeah. And, yeah. Bunch of jerks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's that's yeah. awesome for Carolina. Uh, Minnesota and the Rangers. Minnesota won five to two. This was a must win game for Minnesota. Really. Uh, Donato with two goals again. That trade's looking pretty favorable in Minnesota's favor. Uh, um. And yeah, that was just, that was a must win. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the game. I just watched the highlights, just be honest with you guys. Um, glad they won though. That was, I, I would like to see Minnesota make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're kind of this, that team that no one talks about for whatever reason. Yeah. And they're, they're always the team that probably makes the playoffs, but probably goes out in the first round. They never go too deep. So they don't really get a lot of attention to that. I think that's a shame. So I would like to actually see them make the playoffs and, and uh, go pretty deep. However, I'm, I don't necessarily want them to dethrone Arizona. Well, I was just about to say that same thing. Yeah. So I will talk about Arizona in a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, actually, we'll talk about them next because that is the next game, the Edmonton and the Arizona game. Edmonton won three to two, and overtime, uh, McDavid was on fire all night. I watched the majority of this game. It was actually a really, really good game. Arizona hit the post a bunch of times. Uh, they came really close to taking that three-two lead in the third. Um, but they just kind of collapsed in overtime. They defensively, it was just bad, bad, bad. And then McDavid, he was just, I mean, he doesn't need a lot of room to do his work, and he didn't have a lot of room last night on that goal. That, he, that shorthanded goal, he the minute um, Chason got the puck, McDavid was gone. Yeah. But when he got the puck up to McDavid, he still hadn't passed the defenseman. Uh, it was uh, Larson. But he did after that. And they showed him later. I don't know if you saw the replay later on, but they actually had a speedometer on him. They had like a computer control thing. He got 37.8 kilometers an hour as he was crossing the blue line going in. And then he made those three uh, strides yeah. and then boom. That's uh, awesome. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, the speed he generated and just the, the hockey sense and the knowledge. Of course, the team knows him. Yeah. 
And he basically said, I'm going to take off because Jason's going to find me. Yeah, exactly. And he did. And it was beautiful. It was, um, a, it was a nice goal. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, you know, Edmonton was uh, just, they, they were, it's too late for them. I think. You, don't, you think it's too late? I do. I, I think it's too late. There's so many teams above them. They're looking up. They're like five points out or something now. Mathematically, no. But realistically, I can't see them climbing over Minnesota and climbing above. And I see that's where it is for me. It's, yeah. it's more about the teams that they're surrounding. Chicago was one of five in a row. Arizona is is playing really good hockey, the best hockey there of their year. Um, Minnesota's right there. Like There's so many other teams in the mix that... Edmonton just doesn't have what it takes, I think, to, to climb over those teams. Mm-hmm. Even if they won all the rest of their games, I still don't even know if they could pull it off. But yeah. Anyway. And those two goals by Galchenyuk were, were very nice. Yeah. The second one coming only 12 seconds after Edmonton had gone ahead to one. Yeah. Galchenyuk ties it up right away. Yeah. I thought that was a great statement. Uh, but of course, McDavid got the game-winning goal. As the game began, I watched most of this game too. As the game began, they were talking about the two goalies. And now I guess I've already pre-delivered the answer, so I'll just say it rather than ask it. Uh, Since January 1st, up until the beginning of last night's action, uh, since January 1st, Kemper has the best record in the league. Yeah, Kemper has been amazing. He's been played so well. And the same thing happened to Arizona last year with Antiranta. Antiranta from like January 29th to... April, whatever, whenever the playoffs or the season ended, he he was he and the Arizona Coyotes, I think, had the best record in the NHL. <laughs> it's I, it's weird how some teams like Anaheim would always start so slow and then just take off. They did that like six years in a row. Uh, it's weird how some teams play differently at certain times of the year. Like Montreal usually plays really really well at the beginning of the year, and then fades regardless away. of how the season ends, they always play really well and then they fade off so yeah it's yeah it's weird he's 13 4 and 1 now nice uh, it's just incredible since well since he started uh, mm. that that good run of his and that's his first regulation loss wow wait what he first didn't... regulation loss since the 1st of january but he didn't lose in regulation last night or actually yeah that's not his first regulation loss he's 13 5 and and oh good thank you for that correction nicely done 13 4 and 1 he was 13, 4, and 0. Oh. Now he's 13, 5, and 0. No, he's 13, 4, and 1. Okay, yeah, because overtime is the second. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, this is going well. You have an edit thing, right? You can cancel this I whole could, last I, I five minutes. I edit this. That'd be great if you edit all this out. No. Because I wouldn't um, do that. it really is a dramatic display of my uh, stupidity. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, the last game was the Nashville-San Jose game. I literally have nothing to say about this game other than Nashville won 4-2 because I don't know what happened as far as like, I didn't watch any of the highlights. I didn't watch any of the game. I didn't read any recaps. I literally don't know what happened. I just know the score and that's so wrong of me because I do this podcast and run this channel. But honestly, I was asleep and I, I couldn't watch it anyways because it wasn't on TV. And uh, yeah, that's... yeah. Arvidsson got two goals, and the two-goal margin uh, was achieved in the third period because it was 2-2 going in the third. Uh, so that's all I know, too. I, I checked the score with like a minute and 50 seconds left, and I think Nashville is winning 3-2. Like that's yeah. that's all I know. And I woke up, and we came down here. So <laughs> There we go. Uh, today's games, New Jersey Devils and the Colorado Avalanche. Who are you predicting? Just before we get into today's, we should – Fess up for last week's predictions. Uh, I got two 
correct that you got wrong. You got two correct that I got wrong, and we both got another one correct out of the five games last week. Hmm. So we were both three for five. Interesting. Yeah, but different games. So we weren't that great. Now we can talk about today's games because we'll be so much better today. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey and Colorado. Colorado's home. Uh, I'm picking Colorado. I am also picking Colorado. Uh, New Jersey just really struggling with with, uh, injuries right now. Uh, St. Louis and Buffalo. St. Louis and Buffalo. St. Louis is on the road. Um, They need this game. Buffalo's pretty well out of the picture. Um, St. Louis still needs to get some good games underneath them here. So I'm picking St. Louis. I'm also picking St. Louis. Hmm. Uh, The Islanders in Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm also picking Minnesota. This is a must-win game for Minnesota. They have to win this game. They had to win last night's game, and they got to win this game yeah. too. And the they Islanders to. are struggling a little bit offensively, so I'm thinking that Minnesota, this should be a win for Minnesota. They got to lock it down today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vancouver and Dallas. Dallas. I'm also picking Dallas. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Now we talked a little bit about this, but without getting their prediction, um, Pittsburgh had a rough go. Uh, they're, they're. Uh, did I say they were? In Philadelphia, because that's you not did. correct. They're home. So Philly's in Pittsburgh. But I've got Pittsburgh chosen as my uh, my prediction. I have Pittsburgh chosen as well. I think they're pissed off from yesterday. And they they're did that last pissed. time. Yes. They got, they got humiliated the night before, and they came back and just went, Ugh. I told you that they'd do that against Boston. Yeah. I said they were, they're going to end Boston's streak because they're pissed off about what happened the night before. Mm-hmm. Same thing's happening tonight. Pittsburgh has beaten Philadelphia. Bingo. You uh, heard it here first. Don't even bother watching the game, folks. Florida and Anaheim. Um, this is tough, and not knowing who the, what the goalie situation is going to be. Uh, right now, though, I have a good feeling about Florida, so I pick Florida. Oh, I pick Anaheim. Oh, finally, yeah. finally, we don't agree. Anaheim is going to win this game. Okay, and you're usually right with these ones because when you make that <laughs> when you make that prediction so forcefully, so authoritatively, <laughs> um, I'm now I want to change my mind, but I can't. So hmm. we'll see. only because Florida likely won't play Montembeau. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, Edmonton versus Vegas. Edmonton absolutely has to win this game, but they're not going to. I agree. Vegas <laughs> is going to win this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, my players of the week. Would you like to take any guess? Is oh, wow. Um, players of the week. Jurgachev. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is my player of the week. Four, he has been unbelievable. Yeah, four games played, <clears throat> six goals, four assists, ten points, and he was a plus seven. Shoutouts, honorable mentions, Kucherov, uh, Perlini, and Gaudreau had also had really, really good weeks. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of Perlini's good, good games was last night. Yeah. <clears throat> um, goalie of the week. Um... Vasilevsky. Negative. Corey Crawford. Three games played, three wins, 0.978 save percentage, 0.75 goals against average. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> do you know who had a better week statistically? I Basically, to get my goalie of the week, you need to play at least three games. However, my honorable mention here is Ben Bishop, who only played two games, but he had two wins. His save percentage was one. His goals against average was zero. 
He had wow. two, two shutouts. Oh my <laughs> so goodness! You can't. You st- statistically, you can't get any better. <laughs> no, so, that's right. Oh, wow. that's um, great. If he had to play three games, he, I don't know. If he had to play three games and won the third game, even if he had let in a goal or two, statistically, he would have been very close to Corey Crawford. So, who knows? Uh, streaks: Chicago on a five-game winning streak, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay on a four-game winning streak, Florida with four. Uh, as far as losses, Buffalo at four and the Rangers at three. And the last thing I want to talk about is the Toronto St. Pat's jerseys. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this? Um, one night, maybe. Two nights in a row, not so much. Really? But it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah, well, St. Patrick's Day is today as we're filming this. It's a day. But Toronto doesn't play today. Well, that's fine. That, that means they should use the jersey last night. But they used the Friday nights for the home game, too. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of... Of the green, I don't mind it actually. I like it's different. It's <clears throat> it's different. It's completely different than anything else in the NHL. It is, and I like that they're doing well. Not completely different because uh, Carolina Hurricanes have come in Hartford uh, colors to Boston a couple of times. Totally Hartford uniforms, yeah. which I think is similar to what Toronto's doing with the St. Pat's. But um, I like the idea of it, and I like how the broadcasters have bought in, even for the logo. They were yes. using on the score clock yeah. on the TV up in the corner. They had the St. Pat's logo. Mm. I love all of that. I'm just a, a design. It's a, just a design issue for me. It's a great idea. It's a great thing to bring back the history of the team and all that. Just design wise, I wasn't thrilled with it. I, I'm I'm really impressed with Toronto because they're historically are basically as old as the Montreal Canadiens, mm. and they like Montreal in the past. I don't know, five years, I think, has had two alternate jerseys, one for a Winter Classic game against Boston and another um, last season against Ottawa, the Centennial Classic jersey. Toronto, just in the past two years, has had, I think, four jerseys, the St. Pat's jersey, the Toronto Arena's jersey. They have a white one, I think, which has a a majigger, a line in the back. Uh, a majigger. And I think they have one more too. I can't remember what it is, but like Toronto's really embraced the the alternate and third jersey and stuff. And I wish the Montreal Canadiens would do that. It pisses me off that they don't. Um, but again, I I collect jerseys, so I I want more, 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 more options, right? So uh, you can see where I'm coming from. But I, I actually really like the St. Pat's jerseys. I've no interest in getting one because they're so expensive. But anyways, that's all. That's all I got to say. That's all I have. So you got. Well, as we've been doing the last uh, several weeks, as we get closer to the playoffs and near the end of the regular season, I've been delving into the larger standings and the and the potential for each team. And I'll do the quick intro. At the beginning of the season, any team has the capability of winning all of its games and finishing with 164 points. Or a team can have zero points, and usually teams are somewhere in the middle of that. Um Last week, I talked about the, the, the possible power production of these teams. And Tampa Bay Lightning, for instance, last week had a potential of 134 points. But because they went on a four-game winning streak, they still have a potential of 134 mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. Only three teams in the NHL have the same potential point total today that they did a week ago. Chicago. Chicago's another one with uh, 95 points that they uh, could still... Salvage. And Florida. And Florida is the other one. Very good. They have 98 points uh, that they could have. Right now, of course, they only have uh, 76. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and every other team slid. 
So their nice number from last week, for instance, Montreal last week was 105. Now they're at 101. Mm-hmm. Every other team went down usually two, sometimes four or five points. Uh, and that's what happens. And that's what would happen on uh, the night after game one of the regular season. Some teams would still be at 164 because they didn't play an opening night. Other teams would already be down to 162 because they lost the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then teams will slide down as time goes on. It's like having points taken away in your driver's license rather than adding to them, I guess. Anyhow, um, what what the standings show today and, and the matchups as they would be uh, has the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, playing Boston, as we already spoke about, um, Boston has a potential of 121 points. Toronto's at 117. They could still pass Boston and get home ice advantage. But frankly, even if they do that, I just still don't think they win the series right now, the way they're playing. Mm. Um, currently, Boston holds, a, not currently, for this year, Boston holds a season series lead of three games to one. So they've already played four games against each other, and Boston's had the upper hand on that. Tampa Bay would play the Columbus Blue Jackets if everything started today. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'm very high on how Columbus has performed lately, uh, I don't think they want to draw Tampa as their first round opponent. I don't think so either. If they do draw Tampa, I'm sure they'll give it their best. And who knows, as the chemistry continues to come together in Columbus with the new additions, uh, they may be able to mount uh, a pretty good effort against Tampa Bay. Yeah, the thing is they got Bobrovsky in that, right? So he's probably one of the best goalies in the in the you world. You never know. And if he goes on, if he gets in the zone, I mean, you never know, really. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, Pittsburgh uh, would play, uh, oh, I got the wrong sheet out here. Nothing's changed so far, I don't think. Let me, let me back up. I had last week, so I was so proud of my Excel spreadsheet from last week, I put it out in front of me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay would uh, play uh, Columbus still. And they're 3-0 and against Columbus this year. Hmm. So that, that's substantial. That's not surprising. Uh, and it, it's something that Tampa Bay must feel pretty comfortable about, although they dare not feel too comfortable. Hmm. Carolina would be the opponent of the first place Washington Capitals in the Metro. I like that matchup. That would be a very good matchup. Yeah, I like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Washington holds a 2 nothing lead. Uh, on They've that. played each other twice. They've only played twice. They have two more games to go. So we'll see what happens. Those are big games. Those are huge games uh, for both teams. Uh, the Islanders would play Pittsburgh. Both teams are 2-1-1 one, and one against the other, if that makes any I, sense. I actually really like that matchup. That would be a very good series. That would be a very good series. I think I'd like to see that a lot. Um, and uh, now that's those are the teams in the East, the teams that are out of the playoffs right now and likely not getting in, frankly, Montreal Canadiens, Florida, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, Philly, the Rangers, and the Devils are probably uh, on the outside looking in on uh, the first night of the playoffs. In the West, the Winnipeg Jets uh, are in first place uh, only by a point, although Nashville is only one point behind with two games in hand. So, And Nashville actually has a, an easier ride. They only play seven mm. uh, of the... Uh, sorry, Nashville... I got to back up. <laughs> I was looking at looking at the games played instead of the games remaining category. Winnipeg has played two fewer games than Nashville. It's the other way around. So Winnipeg uh, plays eight games against quality teams out of the eleven they have left, whereas Nashville plays seven games against quality teams out of the nine they have left. Uh, Winnipeg is actually uh, behind in their season series with uh, 
with uh, Dallas, who they would face actually in the uh, first round, whereas Nashville right now would be seated against St. Louis in the first round of the playoffs. And St. Louis has played Nashville five times. Very few teams play each other five wow. times. So because of the weirdo math that goes on in the, uh, in the Central Division, because there's only seven teams, so, mm-hmm. so those things kind of happen. But St. Louis has beaten Nashville four times out of five. Wow. So Interesting. What the heck? And that right now, is the, thing, the way things are set up, they would play each other. Yes. And uh, the Dallas Stars would, would uh, sneak in and play Winnipeg. Uh, and now when we cross over to the Pacific, Calgary would play Arizona mm-hmm. right now as if it were held today. Uh, San Jose would play Vegas. And uh, Intense. Mm, it'd be very intense. The teams that have the easiest pathway uh, in the next week, or two weeks, I would say, are the Pittsburgh Penguins, who of the 10 games they have left, only six of them are against quality teams, teams that are doing well. Mm-hmm. The other four would be against more bottom-feeding teams. Pardon the, uh, <laughs> the slag. The team that has the easiest run of everybody is the Columbus Blue Jackets. They play 10 more games, but only five of them are against contending teams. Oh, snap. The other five are against teams that they should be able to handle if they put their mind to it. So Columbus could crawl up the standings quite nicely here. Hmm. Interesting. So there. I like to to note that the Montreal Canadiens have 81 points, which would tie them with St. Louis and put them in third in the Central if they were in that division. I noticed that. Montreal is actually only 14th. In the league right now. They have more points than both the Western Conference wildcard teams. They do. <laughs> they do. And even if we went to this, the playoff situation that we would prefer, one versus eight and so on, it wouldn't fix that because it would doesn't you, have an okay. East or West parity. Would you do one versus 16? Uh, I, I, I'd be down with regardless that. Of, uh, regardless of conference. Yeah. I would too. But that totally favors the like the entire NHL versus the conferences. Mm-hmm. And, like that, that makes the most sense. That should, that should be a thing. One versus 16. And I'm not saying this first. just because Montreal's in the top 16. Like, I even if Montreal was 30th, I'd say the exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. Because Montreal probably won't be in the top 16 when this is all yeah, over exactly. anyway. Yeah, exactly. What this does do, though, on the downside, is eliminate the East versus West dynamic. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, too. Because you might end up someday with a Boston Rangers final. Exactly. I think that would be outstanding. Exactly. And and I wouldn't have to stay up late. Or Toronto Montreal. Or Toronto Montreal. Like final. who knows? Yeah. So one versus sixteen. Do you know why why it's never going to be this though? Well, travel. I guess, but I mean. Yeah. I s- but, but it's it's and it's rivalries. The NHL wants to build rivalries. Yeah. I think that's more important than anything else. So. Yeah. I, let's. Just, I would love to try just for a year. Wouldn't you? I, I would love to try it permanently, frankly. Well, no, but I mean, just like... I, I, I know I would like it. I don't know if it would be economically smart, PR smart, whatever smart, but I would love it mm-hmm. because then there there is actually a good advantage for finishing first. You will have home ice advantage all the way through the playoffs mm-hmm. if you stick it. And 16 playing one... Um, what a lot to play for. It just it would be fantastic. Let me... I want to look and see who would play each other. I could tell you right now. Right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning would play the Dallas Stars. Hmm. The Montreal play Calgary. Yeah, Calgary would play Montreal. St. Louis would play Boston. <laughs> Vegas would play San Jose. Same That's thing. weird. That's weird, yeah. Columbus would play Toronto. Carolina would play Washington. Same thing. Yeah. 
Nashville would play the Islanders. Pittsburgh would play Winnipeg. That'd be all right. Mm. They'd be some really good series right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on, let's let's do it. Let's do this. Come on now. Come on, Gary. Right now. Tampa Bay's goal differential is plus ninety three. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> they are such a scary team. Yeah. But scary teams can be fragile. Washington Capitals were a scary team for years and years and would bow out after the first or second round. So Yeah, and even in twenty ten when Montreal took down Washington, that that team well that Washington team and the Pittsburgh team were such good regular season teams that year. So it can happen. Nashville did it to Chicago a couple of years ago. Uh, it happens. It's it's going to happen this year. There's going to be a really good team, a really good seasonal team uh, that loses in the playoffs this year by a team that maybe just sneaks in. It's going to happen. It happens every year. We don't know what team's going to lose. We don't know what team's going to win. And that's why it's so exciting. That's why it's the NHL playoffs. So, yeah. We might as well just drop the mic right now. Drop the mic. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. Um, if you guys could hit the subscribe button down below, that would be awesome. If you're not subscribed already, that really helps us out a lot. Hit the like button too. Um, thanks for listening to us on iTunes or Google play. If you are an audio listener only, hope you're having a good weekend and watching lots of hockey and we'll see you in the next podcast. Adios.